and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Bzzz. Hello, I'm Carrie, coming at you through a bundle of radiation. I was like, yeah, why are you buzzing? I don't know how the intro to the show goes, but we investigate fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal on this show, which is called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yep, when they make the claims, we there show we up go. so you don't have to. <laughs> You're you, Ross Blotcher. I'm Ross Blotcher. Yeah, I'm Carrie Poppy. I really screwed up the intro, but it's, you get the idea. It's all good. Yeah, we're talking about radiation. We're talking Bzzz. about 5G. We're talking about Wi-Fi. That's right. We're coming to you over the waves. Yes. You downloaded us probably wirelessly at some point. The, probably. The ones and the zeros that constitute this MP3 file yep. that has been encoded into vibrations, exciting little hairs inside your ears. Mm-hmm. All of that probably at some point was transmitted wirelessly. Probably. Which is... Unless you're uh, next door to me right now and you can just hear me. Yeah, but even if you are currently on a wired connection, probably there was some wireless transmission involved. It's everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's kind of magical. Yeah. It's not just kind of magical, it's magical. Any sufficiently advanced technology (laughs) is indistinguishable from magic. Who's that, Arthur C. Clarke? You got it. Yes! That's his... Bam, bam. I think that's his third law. Bam, 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 he did. <laughs> was that you killing him just now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, I feel like I won because, like, like a, I'm still alive, and he's like oh, not. So I'm like, sure, you came up with a really clever thing. I think he lived but to at like the same time. 91 or something. He lived a very, alive. very accomplished life. Mm, still though, dead as bam, bam, bam. Carrie's taking out Arthur C. Clarke. Well. <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk about 5G. Yes, especially 5G, right, because it's a new wireless standard that's rolling out across the nation and the world. Yes. Okay, 5G, you've probably heard of it. You probably have a vague idea of what it is. I would say I have a slightly better than vague idea of what it is. Ross has a good idea of what it is. I can see it in his eyes. (laughs) I'm doing my best. There's a lot of confusion over this because there's so many similar terms Mm -hmm. floating about through the air wirelessly. (laughs) Uh, So in this context, 5G, the G stands for generation. This is just fifth generation. How many generations? How many? (laughs) Four, almost five. Bob, what are you doing here? (laughs) We're trying to get to five. (laughs) So yeah, your first generation wireless technology, which just like World War I, they didn't call World War I while they were in it. But your original generation of wireless technology goes back to the 80s. Yes. And that's when people had like those giant massive bricks of phones, you know, if they were really fancy. Yeah, my mom had one of those, realtor. And it was super low just in terms of the amount of data bandwidth. It was just for voice communications. And then you had your 2G and that added extra bandwidth for data for text messaging, for SMS, and the original iPhone, when that came out in 2007, that was running on 2G. Mm-hmm. So then probably most of you can remember, this is when we started getting some marketing around like 3G. Yeah, wow, I remember this... 3G being a thing. And, and it's hard to put an exact date on any of these because the standard always comes out years beforehand. But mm. then there's time for new hardware to be built, for infrastructure deployments to go around. And by the time you start getting commercial 
commercial applications, it's going to be a few years later. So you get these sort of marketing campaigns before you're actually going to be encountering the technology. Right. And a lot of marketing confusion, too, because after your 3G came out, you know, around 2007, you started getting phones that incorporated it. 4G was in the works. And so then you had some companies trying to pass off their little 3G that they'd made a little modification of as 4G. Mm. And right now you already have that with AT&T. They have their 5G E mm. that will show up in your 4G phone that doesn't have a 5G antenna. Oh, right, right, right. And you're like, oh, God, stop trying to muddy everything. So, yeah, part of this seems to me like a problem of just marketing and description in mm-hmm. that it's sort of like saying, is your AOL 2.0 or 3.0? Like, well, that's that's just what AOL is calling it. It's it's sort of up to the maker whether this is an advanced version of the original thing or not. Is so- that true here yeah kind of well you have like a definite standard that's set by an international body where they say okay Okay. these are the technologies that make 5g okay but then you have before there's a full infrastructure rollout with new towers that can handle like the new bands that are available on the spectrum you have a company kind of wanting to jump the gun and look like they're providing something futuristic beforehand so they'll Mm. incorporate maybe part of that standard but they'll apply it to the existing spectrum and they'll say well we're going to market this as 5g even though it's not 5G technically. And no one can come down on them and be like, that's not technically 5G? Well, they call it something slightly different. Oh, right. Yeah. They're like the 5G E. Yeah. Okay, 5G Junior Varsity or whatever. Right, right. Okay. So so the base message is that it's complicated. Yeah. You know, there's no clean delineations between these. But as we speak, 6G is already in the works. Right, okay. And we'll be hearing more about that in the coming years. Okay, so 5G is just basically a system that's coming out that is supposed to make all of our wireless technology technology work a lot faster than we're used to. Yes. And it's not all just marketing hype. I definitely don't want to give that impression. Like it really does with each generation, we vastly increase the amount of bandwidth and the things that you can do with the connection. And and it's risen from a need where we have more devices mm-hmm. and just more data that we want to send. And with each generation, you've had people complain about it. They're concerned about it. Yeah. And now, ironically, you have a very well-connected anti-technology group <laughs> that can use technology to kind of spread their message faster. And right. I think that's why it's really coming to a head right now with 5G. But there were similar scares for 4G, 3G, and before. And radio. I remember there being like a in like the 30s or 40s, there was uh, radiophobia. Right. People were afraid of that. And I and I remember distinctly microwave phobia. Yes. I was, I'm not old enough quite to have seen the microwave be invented and come into homes for the first time. But it was young enough that there was this yeah. fear around it of like, oh, that like radiates your food. Mm-hmm. That's going to make it really poisonous to you. I remember that. And now they'll say it with uh, maybe a little bit of tongue in cheek, but they'll mm-hmm. say, I'm going to nuke this burrito. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now we just... You know, we we get it. There's no harm added to that process. But yeah, there was a lot of fear around that. And it's kind of the equivalent of, you know, back in the day, uh, that Elvis, the way he's shaking his hips is just (laughs) inappropriate. You know, each generation, you look at the music your kids are listening to and find something very objectionable about it. Uh, You kind of have that with this technology. So what 5G brings to the table is much higher bandwidth. And and I know at some point we're going to have to get into this, but more spectrum on the electromagnetic spectrum. Mm -hmm. like more sections of that spectrum that are cut up and given priority for wireless communication. I'm going to ask a really stupid question. Does that mean in a sense it's made of light? Yes. Okay. Just light I can't see. Okay. Yeah. So, well, let's get into that. When we talk about the electromagnetic spectrum, yeah, we're talking about visible light 
And that's the one that we're most familiar with because we actually have senses that are built to receive it. Yeah. To turn it into. Those of us who are sighted, yeah. We have photoreceptive cells in our eyes that alternately can pick up red, green, and blue wavelengths and turn those into signals that get sent to our brains. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. That we can turn that into information about our world. Um, But it's a very narrow band along this huge spectrum. And all of it is just photons. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, yeah. Light. And, okay. and they and they all move at the speed of light. Whether your radio, which is on one end of the spectrum, or your gamma rays, which is on the extreme other end. Right. So that's really cool. It's all the same thing, and we just happen to be receptive in that one little slice that right. is the visible spectrum. And so bees and shit are probably seeing some of this. Oftentimes, uh, bees are a great example. They can see slightly outside of our range where they can see into the ultraviolet or infrared. Okay, so I guess the next concept to introduce there is wavelength. Yeah. Uh, So when we talk about wavelength, it's just... I'm waving at you. Oh. This is my wavelength. I thought Drew had just like silently (laughs) entered the room. I waved at Ross and he just turned around. (laughs) Hey, Drew. And that was a pretty long wave there from Carrie. But so you can measure the waves of that photon pattern as it's, you know, those packets as they're traveling through space. And so as they pass a given point, they're going to have waves and troughs and form that wave. I'm, I'm making a wave in front of Carrie. All of yeah. this all of this would be great if we had a chart to look at together, <laughs> but we don't. This is spoken communication. But the, there would be a distance between the the waves, like the crests of the waves. Right. As they pass a certain point, you can say it hit that spot X number of times per second. Right. Okay. And so, okay. And so then a, a high frequency one would be more times per second than a low frequency one. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have, let's say, like the low end of the radio spectrum, you could have a wave and the distance between those peaks is measured in meters or centimeters or even kilometers. Oh, whoa. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they can be pretty long. Those are like the longest waves. Yeah. Okay. And so they have some benefits like they can go through things just just like visible light can go through glass so they can go through all of us Mm -hmm. you know and they can travel very far bounce off of the atmosphere and kind of cover the planet even in ideal circumstances yeah whereas on the extreme other end of the scale you have gamma waves and they are super high energy so there's also more energy in a higher energy wave obviously and so like with a gamma wave it's gonna peak and trough many 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 orders of magnitude more times per second you'd be measuring this in like trillionths of a meter okay essentially Okay. And X-ray wouldn't be quite on that far into the spectrum, but gets into that like lots and lots of energy. Mm. We need to actually care about how much is there and whether a human is standing in the room with it. Yes. Okay. So this is an important distinction. So we've talked about this whole spectrum. Yeah. So, so let's line them up real quickly. So yeah. you have extremely low frequency. Those are like super long waves. But then, yeah, radio would be. Those super long waves, just to get this in my head, is there something in the natural world yes. that produces it? Yeah. Do you happen to know? Well, all of these are produced naturally. Okay. So we get x-rays but it might be like from a rock space or something yeah like okay. just our earth naturally puts out low-end radiation right. okay but yeah then you have radio waves right okay then you have microwave so that comes after oh, the, wow. the radio's okay. spectrum okay so bad christian radio then npr then my microwave yeah, got th- it there okay. we go okay and then the infrared spectrum okay and then visible light okay starting with red being Love the it. lowest energy and then violet being the highest energy okay uh then to ultraviolet okay 
Okay. So that helps you remember infrared. That's the lower side. Ult- oh, right. Ultraviolet. Okay. That's the higher energy. Right. Oh, I never thought about that. Okay. Yep. And then that'll give you a sunburn. Okay. Sunburns right above. Aha. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> so you just identified an important point. That's where we start transitioning into ionizing radiation. Ah, something that could potentially harm. There's so much energy me. to make those photons oscillate at that speed. Yeah. That it can actually knock electrons out of valence. It can like rob atoms of their electrons. All right. And so that could potentially mess with DNA. Right. Um, at a high enough exposure, give you physical burns. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure even even right there, that harm is on its own spectrum of like just barely harmful to extremely harmful. Yes. And within ultraviolet, there's no there's no clean distinction where you can say right here at this frequency, right. that's when it becomes ionizing because it depends on what type of atom are we talking about? You know, what is the molecule in question? So and uh, what's between me and the thing? Is there clothes between me and it? Oh, that's sure. Matter. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But but yeah, it, ultraviolet is an important kind of delineation point where it starts to get into on the higher side of ultraviolet actual ionizing radiation that can do harm. Yeah. OK. Uh, and then we get to x-rays. Okay, there they are. Hi, buddy. Those can go through skin very easily, but mm-hmm. not through bone. And that's how we can get photographs of My our- teeth. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, the very highest end, you have gamma rays. Okay. So there you go. That's the electromagnetic spectrum from very low frequency to very high frequency. And where is 5G? Where does it want to be? Okay. So 5G wants to be... uh, Now, this is interesting. It's a collection of bands. So it uses the bands that we already have for 4G, essentially. uh, But then it starts adding additional pockets of bandwidth that go much higher into the higher ends of radio and the low end of microwave. Okay. So Okay. I see though I'm trying to get in the mind of the mm-hmm. of the nervous person. Yes. And I get that. Like when I hear radio, I'm like, phew, safe. When I hear microwave, again, I'm just old enough that uh-huh. I have just the tiniest little like, oh, well, wait a minute. You can cook a burrito with that. Right. So the business end of 5G that we're all talking about, where all the new purchases of spectrum are happening, is roughly in the 25 to 39 gigahertz range. Mm, so okay. yeah, these sound like big numbers. Whoa, 29, 35 gigahertz. You know, yeah. giga meaning a billion. Right. You that's know, a lot. That's a lot that's of hertz. So many hertz. And, and you can pretty easily translate that into real numbers. Like, okay, so if you're talking about 39 gigahertz, that's 39 billion waves passing per second. That's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wave that fast. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, I wouldn't be able to perceive that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it right now. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Shit. I was just going to say, well, I guess I wouldn't know if you were. Uh, So that hopefully at least sets kind of the stage for the terms that we're talking about. Yeah, it does. With these groups, because while I'm saying these groups, I don't know if we've introduced this yet. That's what this investigation is about. Some people don't want any of this to happen. Yeah, that's right. Some people think that this is very dangerous. We're playing God. We're Mm -hmm. messing with the natural order of things. And we're just we're acting too fast. We're deploying all of these towers. And, And that's maybe another important thing to say about 5G. So in our effort to create higher bandwidth there's two other components to 5g and why this is helpful so you have the higher bandwidth just more data that can be pushed through at any given time also you have lower latency so that's like the time that it takes to kind of handshake and create a connection oh, okay that's greatly reduced so with 4g oh, yeah, you might cool. have like a 100 millisecond response time which sounds really fast because it is but now we're talking about one millisecond 
Oh, wow. In terms of like how quickly your device can kind of make a connection. Wow. Yeah. A hundred times as fast. Yeah. Right. And then it also increases just the number of connections that can be made. We have all of these devices now all the time. And so now we're talking about like kind of 10 times the number of devices that any given tower can handle and deal with. So 5G also, in addition to just carving out bigger chunks of this spectrum, which I I showed you the chart earlier. If anybody wants to look this up, this is a helpful visual. You can look for the United States frequency allocations and you can just see all of these interests, uh, some of them special, some of them just interests who have bought up chunks of, say, the TV band. So like your TV signals, if Mm. if you still have one of those terrestrial Mm -hmm. TVs, those have a specific set of the spectrum that belongs to them. When you have- your bands are belong to us. (laughs) Very good. And, you know, same thing for the, the radio, AM, FM. And, you know, you see those yeah. numbers when you turn the dial on your radio. Oh, right, yeah. You're just modulating your antenna, the sensitivity of which waves it's picking up. And that brings in new audio signals. Again, it's like magic. Uh, but you also have like ham radio operators and you have aeronautics and you have military applications. And so there's like all of these different set pieces of the spectrum. And you can see it's all just like finely chopped up uh, by Well, the FCC controls this, the Federal Communications Commission. So they oversee this in the U.S. and there are similar bodies in every other country. Sure. I have a question. Yeah. I'm sure my ear wouldn't be able to perceive it, but just out of curiosity, if I'm listening to FM 98.1, is that technically less information going at my ear than 98.7? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to perceive it, but technically more information could be encoded on that wave. On 98.7? Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I yeah, like we say, I'm sure I wouldn't notice. But of course not, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd never thought about that. So every now and then, bandwidth will open up. There are auctions just recently. There were like $22.5 billion just a couple weeks ago of new bandwidth chunks that were sold to AT&T and you know, all of these other big God. companies money on a scale I just can't even oh, yeah, wrap my head around. It's insane. But this is that's how much this is worth. Right. Because yeah. it is a finite resource. And it can do a lot. And sorry if you're going here, but like one thing that's very compelling to me about 5G is that there are some really cool applications, not yeah. just on this like consumer level, but using it for things like surgery from afar, where yes. like a, a computer or a surgeon can like see you from maybe he's the only specialist who can do this heart surgery for yeah. you and he can see with perfect precision what he or she or they are doing. And also self-driving cars. I'm so excited about self-driving cars. Driving is so dangerous. We do it all (laughs) the time and take it for granted. And like, if I could turn that over to a machine that does better than me, please, please take it, machine, take it. And we really need 5G to do that. And yes, you can point us to articles of certain crashes of test (laughs) cars. But eventually, if they are not already, they will be better drivers than we are. They, Yeah, and they are already. I think they, I are, mean, they are already. already. Yeah, yeah, I'm willing to hop on that bandwagon as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, I'd gladly let a self-driving car drive me around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. There's all of these exciting things that you can do when you have that increased bandwidth. And with each generation, you know, we think, oh, well, why do I need to get email on my phone? Uh-huh, like, right. Sure. But then once you're past that hump and now you have the ability to do like a live real-time virtual reality over a wireless connection then you're sold and you're like, well, why would I ever go back to mm-hmm. before when we couldn't do this? So yeah, there are real advantages that come. And I know this is a lot of prelude, but I think maybe one other important technology piece of this to discuss is why there needs to be so many towers. Yeah, I think I understand this. Can I tell yeah. you and you tell me if I'm right? Okay. I like it. So I think it's that right now 
we have a certain number, and I have no idea what it is, but that certain number makes these cell towers work really, really hard to get the information to us. And if you can have more, and they're more frequent and closer to us, then each one has to work a little bit less, and then you additionally put this better technology in it, and actually the radiation that your body is encountering is actually a little bit less. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's funny, it's a little bit defeating to the 5G protesters, mm-hmm, who, right. we, who we will eventually talk about, who are concerned about the levels of energy reaching their bodies, essentially, right. is that the reason we need to have so many of these towers is because the signals die off pretty quickly. And part of it has to do with when you're at those higher frequencies where the waves are much closer together. They can't go very far. Yeah, when think about it, if you are the wave itself and you're high energy, the world itself is more opaque to you. So there are more things that you can bounce off of. So if you're a low energy wave, you're like, I'm just a low end <laughs> radio like, you're wave. You're a cool guy wave. I get it. The yeah. world's kind of transparent to you. You yeah, can just whatever, like man. slip through everything. I can go through the buildings. I can go <laughs> I over this. the yeah, hill. Okay. All right. But now you're yeah, a high yeah. energy wave and you're like, oh, I'm bouncing off of stuff. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I can't go through the wall. So, OK, the low wave is like pot and the high <laughs> wave is like cocaine. Or there you something. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. Gamma rays are your cocaine uh, yeah, okay. of, of the wave world. <laughs> yeah. Now you are not able to go through as many things. So with these high band frequencies for 5G, the waves can't go through walls and buildings as well. So they get easily obstructed. Yeah. Also, all of this, everything we've talked about, because it's electromagnetic radiation, it's subject to the inverse square law. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the inverse square. I have no idea. Which just means that exponentially the power of the wave falls off very quickly. So that's why you need repeaters. That's why you need multiple towers. You got to be close to one. But each individual tower doesn't have to be as beefy right. as the towers that we're kind of used to Sharing that we think of with those like fake trees that pretend to be towers. Right. Those were mostly for like 4G communication. So now the idea is that these various cell companies, they want to establish a ton of these towers, but have them worked into light fixtures or into your local coffee shop, right. your library, just kind of have them everywhere because their relative range is much lower at the same power. And they're probably going to look nicer too. Yeah. And one other technical note, uh, I think I was starting to say this earlier and then got distracted. Probably by me. One part of this new technology is all of those increases in the amount of spectrum that's available. Mm -hmm. But another part of the specification is just more efficient use of the spectrum we have. Oh, okay. And and newer hardware that does things like add a ton of extra antennas so you can make additional connections simultaneously. Also, the ability to kind of focus your transmission so that it's not just equally broadcasting in all directions, but it has some kind of understanding of, ah, I'm talking to a device in that direction. Oh, interesting. I'm going to funnel in that direction. Oh, I'm surprised that's even possible. I would have just assumed it had to just spit out like a fire hose. Yeah. So so a lot of cool both hardware and software approaches to more efficiently using the existing bandwidth are rolled into that 5G technology. And all, all of that has to be upgraded for the specification into the hardware, into your new phone or wireless device. And that's another thing, too. It's not just uh, cell phones. They're not the only player in all of this. Your other devices are also using these frequencies. Sure, yeah. And we were just joking about this earlier. Another thing people get confused 
with 5G is like a 5 gigahertz versus 2.4 gigahertz home Wi-Fi network, mm-hmm. those are different. It's, they're just specifically named for the range of frequencies that's been given for those devices. So it just ha- happens to have the same name, 5G, but it's not the same. Yeah, thing. it's 5 gigahertz as opposed to fifth generation wireless technology, which I incorporates like a lot of I feel like that might be intentional, Ross. Oh, my goodness. Um, but the areas where these things butt up against each other, they're in the news all the time. Like right now, as we're speaking, there's been a lot lot of action uh, over 5G deployments and airports uh, mm. with airports asking these various cell companies to delay turning on these 5G Right. Hardware. Oh, yes. This just happened like last week. Right. Yeah. Because it just so happened that the older altimeters in planes are using a spectrum that's right up against some of these new 5G spectra. Mm-hmm. And they don't have RF filters that keep them tightly within their domain. And so oh. there can be a little chatter on the edge from 5G yeah. communication. So some of these deployments have been delayed just to do some tests and make sure that the 5G communication isn't going to mess with the airline equipment, which is ironic because for years we've been told to put our phones in airplane mode for no good reason. Right. Like sure. our standard phone communications don't interact with the airplane systems. And now that there legitimately is a potential for concern there, uh, we're all conditioned not to take it very seriously. Oh, interesting. But they clearly did and and halted the rollout and that's good. Yeah. Um, and I will say also, though, I, I agree with you that like airplane mode was never necessary, but it does show you how cautious these agencies are Mm -hmm. when there's even a whiff of a possibility of a maybe of a perhaps (laughs) that something might happen. Yeah. So we have kind of two vectors there. One is our commercial interest. Mm -hmm. And so the FCC has to watch out for that. And Mm -hmm. people who've bought certain amounts of bandwidth and they have to enforce it and review devices to make sure that they're properly using their slice that they've been given. And then you have the issue of safety for humans. Which, yeah. which is going to be very relevant here. And that's another thing that the FCC is looking at and has to approve for all these devices and make sure that they are operating at energy levels that are safe for all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to some of these 5G groups who don't think that the FCC properly has human interest in mind. And we should also say, and also an additional concern is like the environmental impact mm-hmm. and impact on other animals. And we'll yeah. get into that yeah. too. But uh, the short of it is those things are also taken into consideration. Right. Probably not to the same degree as human health, but so they are taken. Hopefully in. that's kind of laid the the field here a little bit. And we can, we'll be using a lot of these terms and referring to all these things we just set up. Cool. Okay. Well, first of all, want to say thank you, Ross, for understanding this. Thank <laughs> you for being able to synthesize it. Because <laughs> for me, and I bet for most of our listeners, this is something where I, I understand it. I think probably very barely better than the average person, but barely, maybe 10% better than the average person. And it's just like, it's so hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. And Oh, legitimately. Yeah. And sometimes these, even though this particular thing doesn't trigger my fear reflex, I know what it is to just have your intuition just go like, bleep, wait a minute, hang on, and then not really know where to go from there. Yeah. And I imagine that's what this is like for a lot of people. Totally understandable. And you have words like, radiation, which correctly applies to that whole spectrum. So everything from gamma rays to low end radio, all of that is radiation technically. Yeah. But we've been conditioned to think of radiation in terms of the bad stuff. Hiroshima, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was just making this point to you before we begin. I think it's worth making is maybe take a second 
listener, to think about when you first heard the word radiation, because for most of us, we didn't really learn about it until we were talking in terms of harm. Mm -hmm. When we got introduced to radiation, it was probably because we were talking about things like x-rays and how well you want to limit the amount of x-rays yeah. you encounter in your lifetime, and there are still benefits to them, so you want you have to weigh those things. But yeah. we were already talking kind of in terms of harm units right. when we even encountered that word. And it would be lovely if we could sort of disassociate those two ideas ideas just a hair because everything has potential harm and there's right. radiation all around us that aren't in that harmful sphere at all. Right. And your body right now, no matter where you are or who you are, your body is being constantly crisscrossed by all of these spectra mm -hmm. and most of them go right through you. Right. And do nothing. And another kind of scare term is microwave. And yeah. we mentioned it earlier, kind of nuking your food and mm -hmm. people worrying that it somehow materially changes the food or robs it of nutrients. It does not. And that introduces another component that we haven't really talked about, which is just the amount of energy, like the actual mm -hmm. wattage. Uh, so that makes a huge difference as well. So when you're cooking your food, you're usually using between 600 or 1200 watts of energy to cook your food. And there's shielding on that microwave to make sure that the maximum leakage is well within a range that is uh, healthy for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas your phone is typically operating at a fraction of a watt mm. uh, in, its in its energy consumption, maybe when it's doing high level transmission or something it might get up to one or maybe even two watts but when you're talking about non-ionizing radiation the most that science tells us that can be done in terms of damage is just heating you up and if you're getting too warm move the device away from you you know let it cool down so okay. any, anyways we, yeah, we'll come back to this more as we compare some of the statements that we encounter in these various uh, lectures that we attended yes so we started going to 5g free california yeah 5g free and they are not advocating for 5g to not cost anything they, <laughs> They, they want that would be so funny. We should write to them and be like, so when do we get the free 5G? <laughs> yeah, the, I agree with you. 5G should be free. No, they It's a human right. They want to be free of 5G. Yeah, a very important distinction. So we first encountered these people at the Conscious Life Expo. Yeah. Um, or I did. I think I was by myself. Okay. Uh, I think you were at a talk. You know what? I think you were at the talk by the woman who would turn uh, and go, Ma! <laughs> At all the people she was healing. Uh, I'm still on her newsletter. Good, oh, good. What good was times. her name? I'm picturing Something her. King. She looks like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. I don't know how I have her name rattling around in my head. No, you're right. It is King. Deborah King. Yeah, that's the one. Deborah okay. King. Anyway, if you haven't heard our Conscious Life Expo episodes and you want something much more wild than we're about to give you, go back to them. So at the Conscious Life Expo in 2019. Wait, it was 2020 because it was right before the pandemic. COVID. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay. At that, these people had a little booth set up and I was going to the bathroom and I talked to them and grabbed a little flyer from them. They were like, you know, do you know about 5G? Do you <laughs> and of course, I'm, I just have the basic info. I'm like, uh, faster cell phones? <laughs> and they let me know that actually it's very harmful or at the very least, we don't know how harmful mm. it is. Mm -hmm. And so the government wants to roll out this bigger 5G network and I should be concerned and I should start subscribing to their newsletter and coming to their meetings. Uh, so I did. Awesome. And now I agree with them. Oh, okay. This is going <laughs> to... We didn't set up the episode well, but... <laughs> 
We'll roll with it. No, I don't. But the first meeting I attended of theirs was actually in 2020. Yeah, in April. Yeah. They It was their first Zoom meeting because we've got to move online because we can't assemble in person. Yeah, because of COVID. So this was at the very, very beginning of the COVID pandemic hitting the United States. So... You and I and our lawyer and friend, Matthew, were all going to attend this meeting. Mm -hmm. And Matthew and I got there a little bit early. You got there right on time and right on Uh time turned out to be late. Too late. Yeah. (laughs) You think you can just roll into a Zoom call, but early days of Zoom, uh, you had a lot of people who would run up against the 40 minute limit Mm -hmm. with the free accounts. That wasn't the problem this time. They had a paid account, but it only allowed in 100 100 people. Still though, like- I was going to say, turnout. yeah, for most of the things that we do, a hundred would be like pretty good. Fantastic. Yeah. And so just the fact that they had more than a hundred people trying to get in is pretty impressive. Yeah. But that meant I kept getting turned away. I know. I felt so bad because one of the reasons we wanted to have Matthew there was because they were going to be featuring a lot of lawyers, lawyers and yeah. we had no idea, like, is this going to have a bunch of legal jargon? Is it going to have some, I don't know, something about contract law that you and I are like, what the fuck? So we wanted to have Matthew there and graciously he agreed and poor (laughs) Matthew the whole time is just texting me like this is boring as shit what have you gotten me into so he's not here today but I did text him just about an hour ago and I asked him for his (laughs) 10 or fewer word overview of this meeting okay and here's how he described it kooks trying to not seem as kooky as kookier kooks all right That had a high kook content, but uh, I think he well summarized. Yeah, so what I think he's picking up is that there will be a theme in this meeting of emphasizing how, yes, we are against 5G, but we are the scientifically minded ones. Mm. We are the ones who get this. We are not saying crazy things. We are just Mm -hmm. trying to be cautious. Yeah. And Look, we're just asking questions. (laughs) Right. Uh, And we want the government to be more responsible in making sure that this is safe before it's rolled out. Right. So a lot of uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, just sort of like trying to highlight things that we don't know Mm -hmm. or that they think we don't know, and also talk about like constitutionality. So Mm -hmm. you've got a group that's going to be constantly talking about, well, you know, we just want to make sure our rights aren't being trodden upon, which is something that you can agree to. Well, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm, we don't want mm -hmm. our rights trodden upon. When you write down that sentence, I agree with it. Which becomes tricky because we're talking about major corporations, really big ones. Yes. And you don't want to get shoved into a position where you're just constantly, you know, rah, rah, rooting for the big corporations Right, I love Verizon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, yes, they do shitty things and Mm -hmm. they're whole business is organized around the stockholder mm-hmm. and maximizing profits to the stockholder. So right. yeah, by all means, there needs to be regulation. There needs to be oversight. So they're correct on all those fronts. Mm-hmm. So I guess if anything, that's a little bit of a sympathetic ear. For, yeah. what, for what they have to say. Also, I totally agree with them that like we should just have fiber optic cables installed everywhere and everyone should have free internet. Uh, that's you know, plugged in. That would be great too, but that's not where we live. Yeah. (laughs) This is is what we've got right now. Yeah. And they have a very interesting alternate view of what the perfect future of technology Mm. looks like. And I'm sure that also varies from person to person. Yes. Oh yeah. And that's another good point is as you're going to see, there's more, I would say, internal disagreement Mm -hmm. in this group than we normally see and more like what I usually expect. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. So this first call was on April 2nd, 2020. 
And apparently there were 135 in the call at this point. So maybe the cap was 150. This was a constant refrain back and forth. Now, the reason I'm able to talk about this is because thankfully it was recorded. Yes. Uh, so I was able and to sent out. Yeah. listen to it after the fact. But yeah, the limit was 100. And every now and then they would interrupt the call to say, now we have a lot of people emailing us and they're saying they're not able to get in. So, you know, can you try to increase your Zoom capacity? And the lady said, well, I already did that. I don't know what to do. I can't stop the call. And then some other person would say, well, we have 125. And then the person who had reported the 100 person limit would say, now, look, I'm just reporting the facts. (laughs) All right, calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Why don't we just summarize this as not everybody's in? (laughs) So for whatever reason, a lot of people were getting shut out. Yeah. And I tried multiple times to get back in. Uh, Didn't happen. So sorry. But they did mention right near the top in of the seventh ray. So we would be later attending at this restaurant that's in Topanga. And this is where they would normally have had this meeting except yeah. that they couldn't. And into the seventh ray, <laughs> if you're not from Topanga or Los Angeles in general, oh boy, what a place. Yeah, it's a great hippie restaurant. But oh my like, God. but it's like faves. it's like an upscale hippie restaurant. Yes. So it's been there quite a long time. I believe it's been there since the 70s. And it is the kind of place that you go to get a delicious vegan meal and then walk up the stairs to their little tiny bookstore and buy a book about why eating only shrimp will cure your cancer. <laughs> oh my goodness. That bookstore it is amazing for, oh my God, for, for us. us. Yeah. Yeah. W- yeah. We have a good time. there. Yeah. So we'll be telling you about that in our next episode about our trip to In of the Seventh Ray. In that episode, I'm going to be telling you some really choice information about the people who own that place. I found quite a lot of great stuff. So another interesting little factor in all of this is that when they organize these invitations on Facebook, mm-hmm. the events are organized through their Topanga for Bernie Sanders group. Oh, wow. Okay. They're the host. So uh-huh. that just goes to show you that uh, all spectrums, when we're talking uh-huh. about frequencies on the political spectrum, yep. uh, can also have their own brands of pseudoscience. Yeah, for sure. On a personal note, I at least once voted for Bernie Sanders and the guy's not great on GMOs. I, uh- <laughs> I voted for him in the 2016 primary. Yeah, there you go. I, and I still like him quite a bit, but everyone you love will have a weird opinion. So uh, this was all introduced by the organizer who we were pretty sure her name was Julie. A very forceful speaker. Oh, okay. Like, oh, I just feel like she kind of commands the room and she has sort of, I don't mm. know, it's almost like an East Coast accent or something, but she uh, is just- No uh, nonsense. No nonsense. That's okay. right. And uh, she knows how this is going to go down and, you know, forceful. Take charge. Okay. So she's kind of going through and saying, here are the various people who are going to speak. And she's also making little bullet point asides to the kind of things they might be talking about. And even <laughs> this causes a minor furor. Uh-huh. So she says, uh, we'll also be talking about the link or lack of link between coronavirus and 5G. Whoa, boy. Here we go, folks. <laughs> Didn't even say if it would be link or lack of link. We need to argue. Yeah. And certainly that's going to raise our antennas. Oh, for sure. Our 5G antennas. But yeah, this will come up very quickly from another speaker. Yes. So soon after that, someone was like, oh, I don't know what's going to be said about that, but I just want to say we don't believe there is a link and we think that it's dangerous to our movement to suggest that there is a link and it is the official position of my group that we do not believe there is a link. You know, so and again- it, And what, it hurts the cause to say that there is. Right. Which, I mean, I kind of get. Like, I, would, I would be that guy. Oh. I would be like, whoa, just so we all know. A hundred percent. You don't want to look nuts. But this is what 
Matthew was talking about. <laughs> kooks trying not to look like kooks. Right. But yeah, we're going to have some heavy hitters here. We're going to have the senior attorney from the Children's Health Defense, which is RFK's group. Yeah. And th- they said that overall on the call, they had like nine or 10 attorneys lined up. Dang. And all of them are working to stop the 5G rollout. Uh, so they've really assembled with this 5G free California, quite a ragtag group of advocates, of lawyers, people of varying technical abilities who have of Mm -hmm. varying ways of talking about their electronics credentials. Uh, but they've got a variety of speakers. Very let's just, diplomatic way of saying that, let's, Ross. Let's just say it that way. And my very favorite of their activist speakers, we are now on their emails, and so we get constant reminders of their upcoming talks. One of their uh, speakers was Mark Graham, and he has my favorite URL now, which is oh, yeah. www.keepcellantennasawayfromourelkgrovehomes.com. <laughs> That's that's 40 characters long. That's too long, Mark. That's a Mark, if you're listening, <laughs> like even just make it like 5gbad.com. Or keep cell antennas away from Elk Grove. Shorter. Was, was that taken? Shorter. Was that taken already, Mark? <laughs> and if so, you really should differentiate. Don't just lengthen that. Oh, my goodness. So uh, they had a bunch of people here tonight to give the talks. But yeah, the, the main speaker was the woman that you just mentioned who came on to say, we don't agree with this. And that was Daphna Tackover. And like you say, she works with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Dang, girl. Who un- unfortunately finds himself on the wrong side of a lot of scientific issues. Oh, my gosh. Just wrote that book about... Vaccines. Yeah, about Fauci in particular, Ugh. I think. Yeah. Uh, I want to read it, but it's one of those like, you know, you don't want to give it money, though I probably will, and B, you're just sort of feel defeated before you begin. Mm -hmm. So they have a group called the Children's Health Defense. Yes, that's RFK's group. And she's introduced as an expert in wireless and 5G health effects. And they say she's an attorney, she holds a BA, and has a very strong communications, telecommunications background. On their I just web- realized holds a BA is a weird thing to say. Yeah. If I understood them correctly, holds a B. I don't know, just to be like, you're an attorney and also you have a bachelor's degree. You hold a bachelor's degree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Cool. I guess like if you were an attorney who talks about specific issues with the environment and you happen to have a BA in biology, that would make you more oh, interesting. Oh, for sure. But it's a, they didn't say in what. Anyway, okay. sorry, I'm narrowing in on this unimportant point. But here's what I love about Daphna. She doesn't mention this in the talk, but I did some background research on her. Mm-hmm. She believes that she has some called microwave syndrome. Oh, wow. Some people believe that they have these special sensitivities to any sort of radiation in that spectrum we were talking about. Yeah, they have a literal sixth sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that other humans apparently do not have. Yeah, so sometimes this is called electromagnetic frequency sensitivity. And there's a great documentary series that I will go to bat for. A lot of people don't like it, but I, I think it's really good okay. um, called Afflicted that was on Netflix. Netflix. A lot of the people who were featured in it sued them. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. I I, I still think they did a really good job okay. making this thing. But they featured a few people who believe they have this thing. And some of them ended up like moving to West Virginia to this tiny town of 150 people because it just happens to be a place that they haven't allowed Wi-Fi and things. Oh, wow. A- and the reason they haven't allowed it there is because they have a huge telescope that is part of the SETI project. Oh, okay. And it needs to be able to receive radiation from outside of our planet and it doesn't want the noise exactly the riffraff so like 
this group of That's people has, has moved there. Anyway, Daphna believes she has this and that she's been injured by this this kind of radiation. So you can understand her concern that now the radiation is going to get, in her mind, um, mm. more severe. I saw on the website for the Children's Health Defense, she had a number of articles that she'd written. And I, I watched a few other brief videos that she had done giving other talks. And she constantly was pointing to uh, this demonstration that she had made with others that hundreds of children were getting ill from Wi-Fi. Mm. So she felt like she had actually demonstrated harm that had been done from Wi-Fi to children. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how that was demonstrated. Yeah, I needed to dive more into that, but that's a big claim. Yeah, yeah. Would be surprised if that was prospective and not retrospective. Yeah, yeah. Not that there's no use for retrospective studies, but they're limited. So she is also a lawyer. She's barred in New York, which is interesting because Hmm. when I went to look up her license, uh, she is a real lawyer, you know, nothing to report there. And also in Israel. And in Israel, yep. But her New York license lists as her address a Topanga address. Interesting. And it's a Topanga address just a couple miles from another seventh ray. So I don't know. I just thought that was weird. I I did ask our lawyer, like, is that a red flag? And he said, "Eh, not particularly, but it's unusual. And probably if you've moved recently, Mm -hmm. that might be, huh, interesting though. maybe, but just interesting to know. So yeah, you know, like so many lawyers, she's very well-spoken. There is this feeling in the room of like, Oh, these people know what they're talking about. Yeah, right. Absolutely. They can handle facts. They've got a lot of speaking points. They've got slides. Mm -hmm. If anything, they're talking fast because they've just got so much to say. Yeah. Uh, In which respect, this reminds me a little bit of our investigations of similar groups. Like I would say the 9-11 conspiracy theorists, chemtrail believers. Like there, there will be a lot of facts that they've collected and a lot of activism built into Mm. their talking points. Yeah, good thinkers. It's always hard when you're like, encountering someone like this and you can articulate why they're wrong if you do a lot of research and stuff but these aren't dummies like these are Mm -hmm. smart people yeah so she talks about how they're putting together a letter to governor newsom Mm -hmm. that's the governor of california on their website so people can sign it and tell the governor that they don't want 5g around the state right and specifically what they're advocating for they're trying to say well we're not anti-internet we're not Mm anti-technology it's just we want wired connections right so let newsom know that there should be constant wired connections everywhere that's great fiber optic all of that we want everyone to have internet that's great but let's keep it away especially from schools that was another important a point. They didn't want cell towers near schools and where kids are going to be. Uh, whereas if you think that 5G isn't scary, that's that's exactly where you want it. Like, I want kids to have good internet and be able to be in the <laughs> Access classroom. Access to information. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. But they are the children's health defense and that's, sure. that's their bailiwick. Yeah. And later on, like a different speaker will mention having wired connections and safe wireless. So he had like a certain type of wireless oh, that in his patented? mind was safe. Patented? Yeah, I really wanted to hear more about that. Like, okay, what do you call safe wireless internet? And uh, could I buy it from you? But like you said earlier, everyone has a slightly different utopian vision of how this is supposed to actually roll out. Right. And it made me curious because if she believes that she's already been injured by the existing technology, mm-hmm. then what does she want? I guess for those towers to be torn down and I for just wired connections ubiquitously and, yeah. you know, you just uh, you can't use the internet on your cell phone, I guess. You got to, yeah. or may- maybe, wi- no, Wi-Fi is not okay. So, yeah, you've just got to be plugged in if you want to be connected. You right. got to be connected. Yeah. How, how are we feeling about radios, Daphna? <laughs> 
yeah, where do you draw the line? Yeah. So no, I think that's really interesting because she's not unpacking any of that here. I mean, we'll get there, but should we turn off the sun? Because that's putting out a lot more radiation. <laughs> True. But yeah, you know, I, I do feel like this is an important point and I don't want to brush past it. Like when you just go to this, if you don't go and look her up, you're going to think like she's kind of fine with everything as it stands. She's just being cautious about what's coming. Mm-hmm. But no, this is a person who would want to roll us back. You're right. Like, quite a few decades. You're right. It feels like she was hiding some of her true motives if she's been consistent with what she said about right, damage that's been done to her. Right. Another talking point that came up frequently that she introduced was the idea that this pandemic has been used as an opportunity mm. to expand infrastructure too quickly and kind of run roughshod over some of these local protections. Mm, right. So that was the point she was making is like, while we've all been at home, the cats are away so the mice will play kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, FCC and all of these companies. And this might be the closest thing to a real point <laughs> or one of is like I do think there are communities where they have intentionally been like okay everything's quiet there we don't particularly want to deal with the protests mm. in this like very hippy dippy yeah. area and they and they did do those kind of earlier than the rest I know that that happened in Australia and like their I, I just saw this on an Australian documentary their sort of Santa Monica if you will they're uh. they're very anti-vax pro-healthy pro-crunchy area they were like, hey, everybody's at home. Do it now. And it uh-huh. and it backfired on them. So okay. there might be something to that part. Yeah. She talked about two recent successes. They, they had what they felt were a string of successes on their efforts. And one of them was successfully stopping the FCC from dismissing two of their lawsuits. So apparently the FCC had tried to get a couple of them just thrown out of court. Mm. And that had been rejected. So that was seen as, hey, all right, we're advancing to the next phase. I believe she, definitely some of the other speakers as well, talked about the need to get plaintiffs. So Mm. if we're going to sue these companies, we need to find people who have demonstrable standing. Standing. Yeah, And I I assume this is similar to how it is in other countries. But in case I'm talking gobbledygook to some of our international listeners, at least here, if you want to sue someone, you need to also prove like you actually have a stake in this thing. Mm -hmm. You're not just someone who's complaining. And doesn't like it. You need to prove like you could be harmed by the thing. Right. Um, and so theoretically, that could be anyone with 5G, but even better if they could show like these are people with compromised immune systems who have reason to think the 5G will make things worse for them. Right. So on this call, they were saying, if that's you, if you feel like you could be a plaintiff, please email us. We need more plaintiffs. We need more. And it did seem like they were struggling to find them. And uh, another constant refrain was referring to Elon Musk and all the damage he's doing personally with his companies. So she mentioned that he's already gotten $5 billion for his efforts to create this huge network of satellites that will then have terrestrial components as well, towers on the ground, uh, that will work together to provide low-cost internet to areas that need it. And that's bad yeah i don't love elon musk as a person but that that particular project sounds good sounds good right and so i i can fully accept that there's a lot of complications there but yeah this was news to me i didn't know about starlink that's the apparently the name of this project and it would involve forty-two thousand satellites which is yeah that's a lot of extra equipment in the sky Mm -hmm. that has implications so by all means we should be looking at the fallout from this infrastructure investment. But they were saying that he just applied for another $16 billion in subsidies 
to fund this project, which is running through SpaceX, mm. one his, of his companies. His private company, yeah. Yeah, interesting that he uh, is okay getting government funds. <laughs> yeah, when, renowned when it libertarian him. Elon Musk, yeah. Anyway, so she jokingly said that uh, she had heard him referred to as the reverse Robin Hood. He robs from the poor to give to the rich. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Robin bad. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk, obviously complicated figure. Oh, yeah, for sure, has, for sure. Has done some good for the world, for sure. Has done some bad for the world also. Yeah, if you ever see a car out in space that's his, please give it back. Um, <laughs> or it's fake, as our flat Earth friends would say. Oh, yeah, space <laughs> space itself. I've, I've got to <laughs> yeah, say, it's true. so far, even though I would expect there to be some overlap, uh, just in terms of like distrust of institutions, I haven't gotten any indication from the people speaking at these events anyhow that uh, flat Earth is a common belief. Right. Like they want when they talk about satellite deployment, they seem to acknowledge that there is space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the satellites will go somewhere. And hey, uh, right now in 2022, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. Raise your head. So do we agree space is there? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. Whew, okay. Right. I'm off the call now. <laughs> You know what else 5G will be great for? Online shopping. True. Or if you've been interested in making your own website, don't you want it to be accessed quickly and beautifully and all the little images pop up right away and no one's sitting there lagging, lagging, lagging? Absolutely. I want my website to show up quickly, mm-hmm. low latency. Low latency, yes, exactly. And yet be beautiful, be optimized, well-endowed. <laughs> Indeed. That's right. This is an ad and it's for Squarespace. And you know what, Carrie? A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. <sighs> And you can make that dream a reality with Squarespace. Exactly. Maybe you want to make 5G shouldn't be in my house, which is on Edgemont Street in Los (laughs) Angeles.com. Well, you probably shouldn't. It's a terrible URL, but you can do it with Squarespace.com. Or the internet shouldn't be a thing.com. Is that something? No. Oh, okay. But that's a fun uh, it's one. just self-contradictory to have a website oh, about how the internet should not be a thing. Touche. But you can build it on Squarespace. <laughs> if you want to, they're not going to stop you. You can create a beautiful website to blog or publish content, promote your physical or online business, announce an upcoming event like your anti-5G meeting or your special project and more. And Squarespace gives you access to beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality, Mm -hmm. a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. Oh, brand new. Okay. And 24-7 award-winning customer support. Now, is that the Stevie? Is that correct? Yeah. They won a Stevie award. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. That is more prestigious than the Emmy, the Oscar, the Nobel Peace Prize. They should call it the EGOTs. Have you won a Stevie? Mm, I like it. The Seagot? Seagot. I like that. So check out squarespace.com slash oh no for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code oh no to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. They aren't against 5G. Okay, Carrie, but let's say. Yes, honey. I'm on a beautiful. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Let's say you're on a beautiful website and you want to make a beautiful purchase. I do. (laughs) What do you do when you get to the checkout window and Mm. there's one of those little fields that says like enter your promo code here and you're like, Mm. I don't know the promo code. I don't have a promo code. Ono, Ross and Carrie, obviously, if they had one, I'd use that first. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm sitting here and I don't have a promo code, I guess I'm going to turn to my old friend, Honey. As luck would have it, today's episode is sponsored (gasps) in part by Honey. Oh, my God. I thought we 
we were just chatting. Nope. Well, we all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field just taunting the crap out of us at checkout. Oh, you don't have any way to save money? Oh, I hate you. I'm the promo code field. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the freaking past. And Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine this, people. Okay. You're shopping on one of your favorite sites. Yeah. Right? It's 5G apparel that you can wear on your body.net. And you're checking out, right? And the honey button just drops down and you're like, there she blows. And you click on apply coupons. You wait a few seconds. Honey searches for coupons for that site. And if it finds one, it just automatically applies it. And the prices drop in front of your eyes. Yeah. And uh, I'm just used to it now because I've got it in my browser. And so it doesn't matter what I'm buying. I'm buying food online, clothes. Honey just pops up and says, hey, you want me to check? Yeah. And I say, yeah, we'll check. See what you find. And sometimes it says, no, no, you got got the best deal already. Sometimes it says, hey, you want an extra $4 off? I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. That's super handy. Why wouldn't you? Of course, if you already have a code for a show you love, a thing you love, use that. But if you don't have a code, that's when Honey comes in. And if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on the savings. Yes, you, Keith. You need Honey. It's literally free and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Yeah. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no. That's joinhoney.com slash oh no. So Daphna had been the one who raised the point that like, I just want to say COVID and 5G are not the same. And and the reason this point is being made is because some anti-5G activists have said that 5G actually is the cause of COVID. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's either not really a virus, it's actually just like, 5G affecting all of our bodies or somehow, and with I these, don't know how this works, the towers these horrible transmit. S- yeah, signals are implanting the virus in us. Yeah, if you're particularly immune to science, you might think such things. <laughs> it's so hard to imagine how this is even working. But this always brings up one of your and my favorite questions, which is like, so the people doing this, mm. they live here too. Mm-hmm. What are they thinking? Are they trying to kill themselves? Are they trying to erase humanity? And if they have had this centuries-long vendetta against humanity, why are they so bad at it? Because our lives are getting longer and longer. Right. What's happening here? If if they're lacing the air with chemtrails, why don't we see more of them wearing oxygen masks? Right. And now they're just going to put them in towers and just shoot them out everywhere? Like, they can't conceal themselves from that. And really, they've gotten every government to agree... (laughs) And every major religious organization to buy in on this. We couldn't even get like a freaking Obama's spy thing off the ground without one whistleblower tanking the whole thing. But you could get the entire world on board with this thing to kill all of humanity and it's fine. Yeah, I always call those like the meta narratives. Like there's some some real plot holes there if you think about the, the bigger scale. But also on that point of kind of policing within your group, like, hey, please don't use that argument you make us all sound bad Mm -hmm. it reminds me of how recently i was talking with my mom and she said well they found noah's ark on mount ararat oh wow and i said oh 
No, mom. mom, they haven't. Someone lied to you. Oh, yeah. I had to do that kind of same thing where I pulled up answers in Genesis and showed her like, look, this is a creationist website. Here they even say, no, the ark has not been found. Oh, wow. Like, let's not say that, please, because that makes us look silly. Oh, th- that's what answers in Yeah, Genesis even they saying. were admitting oh, like, man. there's been a lot of people who have made that claim. Let's Aww. not say that. It makes us look crazy. Yeah. And there's a reasonable reason to do that, you know? Like I guess I think of like uh, you and I being vegetarian. Vegetarians, and we'll see people saying like, "Vegetarianism will cure your cancer," and it's like, but, "Well, no, 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 no. roll it back, you're making us all nuts," you know. So I get yeah, the impulse. Absolutely, we just did it recently with the uh, trying to pull people back from saying that Jesus never existed. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah. totally understand that impulse. So this woman, Kate, got on soon after this, uh, became the primary speaker for a few minutes, mm-hmm. and she did sort of try to make an in-between point. About 5G and COVID. Yeah, well, I think she was the one who had been foretold, like she would come and tell us about this interesting mm. link, but now she's on the defense. <laughs> says, Look, well, let me just let me just explain what I was trying to say. I'm not saying anything crazy. Right, right, right. She's the voice in the wilderness that has been foretold. <laughs> okay, so she's like, okay, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. COVID is not caused by 5G or 4G or any other. But... Uh, it is a novel strain of the coronavirus. However, mm-hmm. there is ample evidence that radio frequency microwave radiation from cell towers and cell phones and Wi-Fi and so forth can adversely impact overall health and immunity. <laughs> so basically, now that this virus is out there, do we really want to dampen the human immune system such that we can't fight it off very well? And uh, she kept referring to this quantum increase. Oh, yes. Which I always think is funny because quantum is by definition small. So, so small. <laughs> But people will use the phrase quantum leap. Well, that sounds big because it's a word I haven't heard of next to leap. Oh, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> no, it's a very small increase. But anyways. She, one small leap for that so one quantum leap. She had this list of statements and you could tell she was reading from a prepared script. But she kept throwing in things like, so is this quantum increase in radiation a trigger for this disease? Oh, yeah. Lots of rhetorical questions. Does 5G contribute above and beyond these factors? Does this cause the virus to replicate more rapidly? Is this the straw that breaks the camel's back when added to many other environmental toxins? So, yeah, it sounded very Tucker Carlson, just like, oh, I'm just throwing questions out there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying these things. And, you know, I can't be held responsible for just raising questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that would all be fine if the questions hadn't been asked before. Mm. But it's like, if you're going to stand up in front of 100 people and ask some rhetorical questions, maybe check and see if the questions have been answered. Asked and answered. And she even said, after all of these little half statements, she said, clearly more research is needed. And we activists can't afford to make statements that are anything less than a thousand percent accurate. (laughs) And oh, that just grated my teeth. Uh, Yeah. First of all, you know that there's not more than 100%. That's why you said it that way. <laughs> Completely accurate is 100%. And uh, yeah, you just made a bunch of statements that are not supported. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of when I did musical theater in high school. My director, Brent Bierman, bless his soul, he would always say like, I want you to give 150%. I want you to give 150%. And it became meaningless. And then on opening night, he'd start saying like, Three hundred percent and a thousand percent. I've got to inflate this like, now. Well, <laughs> Beerman, now when I do the next play, you're going to be saying one hundred and fifty, and I'm going to be like, "All right, phoning it in." And am I going to eventually have to do six thousand <laughs> percent? Right. Where is it going to go from here? <laughs> right. So next, we had someone named Julian. Julian Gresser. Ooh, 
That's a strong name. I like that. Yeah. Julian Gressel. An international attorney and professional negotiator. And actually, he had a really long CV. All of these speakers, they found kind of all of these ways to, I think, sort of puff them up a little bit in terms of their involvements. But, you know, he's done this and he's the CEO of whatever technologies. And, you know, he's volunteered with this group. And, you know, they'll give Mm -hmm. this very long thing just to say essentially, like, you should be listening to this person. Sure. Very influential, even though he's just an armchair philosopher on this topic. This has done such a number on my psychology hearing this kind of thing all the time where mm. now people ask me for bios and I'm like Carrie Poppy is a journalist she lives in Los Angeles <laughs> like, I just like don't even want to like uh, that's all you get ever yeah 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 um, understandable but obviously there's an argument to be made the other way all right so Julian thanks Maureen and Julia for their incredible insight and mm-hmm. vision mm-hmm. for starting this group. So very, very uh, praising when he starts out here. And he says that right now we are experiencing five different crises yes. happening at the same time. Okay, let's hear about these crises. Yes. Okay, crisis one, accelerated deployment of 5G. Mm. And he notes, as you did, that the industry is preparing 6G. Oh, no. And he says that's already on top of 4G. Which is a crisis in its own. Exactly. And then he says, but I want to point out the next crisis, the coronavirus crisis. Mm, Whoa, we just shifted media here. Okay. Yeah. He notes that like in his lifetime, he's never seen anything like it. And I I think take yourself back mentally to April 2020. That was something we were all reflecting on. It's like, what does this even remind you of? Nothing. Yeah. The third crisis is here in the U.S. It is a constitutional crisis Mm -hmm. in which, whether by intent or not, we are seeing an erosion of fundamental democratic institutions. Which I would agree with as a crisis. Oh, sure. Maybe not in the way he's about to say. Oh, what are are you thinking of? Well, he gave his examples overreach of the FCC, Mm. attacks on standing as a jurisprudence principle, um, the right to appeal, stripping away rights and processes, Whereas I would think about what the Trump administration did to reduce our federal institutions. Oh, true. By and placing people in charge of them who were activists against said oh, institutions. Oh, like post office and shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, also EPA. Uh, putting in IRS judges who took away reproductive freedoms in Texas recently. Yeah, stacking the court. Yeah. Yeah. Those people. Of that. Okay, the fourth crisis. An economic crisis that we are rapidly moving into a recession without precedent in the history of the United States. He was right. Is that true? Well, uh, Not worse than the Depression. No, not worse than the Depression. And he even said that. But it it was a massive financial setback. Yeah. Unless you were super rich, then Mm. it was a huge boom. (laughs) Then you're A-OK. And that's how this country's set up. Mm -hmm. It's really neat. Yeah. It's really cool, you guys. Let's jump on their side for a second and just point out that we privatize reward and we make risk public. Uh-huh. Every, uh-huh. Everybody gets to float risk. That's fine. <laughs> and that's all fine because everyone was entered into the same lottery theoretically. So it's all okay. <laughs> but don't worry. You can inherit a bunch of lottery tickets from your daddy. Look, it's not a great system. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the fifth crisis is an existential crisis, which is that we have never in the United States and many other countries been confined to our homes and have to deal with these fundamental issues of whether we could die from the smallest casual contact. So social isolation is what he's saying. Yep. yep. And that's a profound challenge to our psyches. Uh, Which is an interesting point. I just feel that so much of this conspiratorial crowd will kind of jump immediately from that 
like, oh, shoot, we have to stay home and totally bypass the, well, here's why, mm-hmm. here are the circumstances, and, and jump instead to, well, who orchestrated this? Who wanted it this right. way? Because that's the only reason this could happen is someone planned it. Right, 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 right. Finding that agency where there isn't necessarily any agency. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is absolutely like a harm of the pandemic. This social isolation is something that we will probably feel for a long yeah. time. and has real effects. I, I think this is something I could say without giving away too much context here, but I have a friend who ended up in suicide care because of that. Wow. Because of how profoundly he is a... Uh, extrovert for lack of a better term and how much he needs to be around his friends and other people and work and stuff and affected children in their Mm -hmm. learning cycle and it's affected abuse rates so yeah it's not been neutral just staying at home it's been very harmful absolutely we have to look at all those harms together in one big pot which is very hard to do so he goes on and says half the population in the u.s suffers from some major illness particularly older folks and then he starts listing them so heart disease diabetes neurological illness, cancer, other serious conditions. And if you have these things, he's arguing, you don't want to be exposed to additional radiation. Now, again, I think I'm already wanting to interrupt him and say, like, what do you mean additional? But Mm. anyway, Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to be exposed to additional radiation, particularly enhanced radiation. Just how he put it, though we know from Ross's intro that that's not exactly right. Yeah, like he made the point. He also was talking about Elon Musk and saying like one of these stations that he's trying to install are 10.7 gigahertz. And he said, you know, an airport scanner is 50 gigahertz. These are really powerful things. But what he's leaving out is that power matters. Light, <laughs> visible light ranges from 430 trillion hertz to 750 trillion hertz. <laughs> it's like the light that we can see. <laughs> Nah, it frustrates me so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it really is blinding with science. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and that makes me wonder, like, does he know? Does he know that? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think I think no, too. I think we're mostly dealing with shut eyes here. Yeah, this, it's, I'm borrowing yeah. from the language of psychics, where you have open eye psychics who know that they're fooling people and shut eyes who are just sort of passing on bad information and not knowing how they're manipulating it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of scale here to be aware of, and they're just they're not aware of the scale of the things they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So these these numbers sound scary, but not when you put them in context of other numbers right. that we encounter every day and don't harm us. So he says what's most disturbing out of all these crises is the fact that it seems like the coronavirus is being used as a way mm. to shield us from what's going on. So we're so focused on the coronavirus that we can't think about all this other shit that's happening. This sounded really conspiratorial. He said that the coronavirus crisis is revealing a larger agenda. Oh, yeah. When you hear agenda and it's not in terms of like passing out an agenda at your <laughs> meeting. Yeah, that always worries me. Yeah. So he's, again, a lawyer and he's been involved like they floated that he had already succeeded successfully postponed installation of Verizon's 5G streetlights in Santa Barbara. So he'd already had a win under his belt. Oh, wow. And now he's working to challenge FCC's approval of all of these stations, like a million stations that would be installed countrywide. But now he started introducing his four pillars of our satellite legal actions. Ooh, I love a pillar. Okay. Actually, I got three pillars clearly listed. And then at the end, I was like, wait, did I miss the fourth pillar? (laughs) 
So I'm going to give you three pillars of his satellite legal okay. action. Okay. Number one is let's begin with the FCC. Okay. Here uh, we go. Let's, let's make sure that we exhaust all of our administrative remedies. And this was interesting. I feel like he really rode the roller coaster between conspiratorial talk and not. Mm. I'm making mm. the same wave action mm-hmm. yeah. with my hand that I did earlier. I was following the wrong metaphor for a second. Okay. <laughs> he said, we do not see the world as demoniacal. We see the FCC as benighted and we want to give them the opportunity to mm. share their side. And I think mm. it was the host, mm. but maybe it was some other speaker. Someone interrupted for a second and said, ah, I do. We don't always agree with that. You know, like oh, we wow. might actually see the FCC as ill willed. And he said, Okay, well, that's fine, but just keep in mind we'll have more leverage if we act this way. Yeah. Good attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, good attitude. Okay, we're on with pillar number one. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Pillar two is focusing on the national and international implications of launching the satellites that Elon Musk wants to put in the air and just kind of educating other people, other countries about potential environmental effects. You mentioned earlier interference with maybe bird migration, weather forecasting, privacy, mm-hmm. even astronomers maybe. I don't know if you mentioned this point, but you know, astronomers might be worried about the skies being further cluttered with additional objects. Oh, yeah. Light in the pollution. Sky. Yeah. Yeah. For that pillar they've created the healthy heavens trust initiative Ooh, yeah bringing together he I like heaven he mentioned various groups including indigenous peoples i thought that was interesting hmm. that that was seen as a pillar of their pillar hmm. so i uh, wonder how directly they're involving such groups sure or if that's just something they put on their website but uh-huh. but the idea was that maybe they could point to various treaties or other legal protections that this would be butting up against and use that as a tool okay and then uh, the third pillar was that the coronavirus epidemic does not alleviate burden, but increases the burden to do this right, to do deployment right, Mm. to be open and transparent. And under that pillar, then they'd be advocating for an optical and fiber wired system that would be incredibly fast, just Mm. not wireless. Fine, but good luck. He was pointing out, I think other people pointed out, do you know all of these towers? They're just connected by fiber underneath too. Like, well, yeah, you want the best wired connection and then where you need to have point of access for wireless mm-hmm. connections. Yeah, it all comes from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think they felt they were just making a bigger point with that than they actually were. Mm. So I don't know. The the fourth point might have been kind of rolled up in that somewhere. Okay. So he was also the same guy who made this bizarre point that just like I actually had to stop. I was re-listening to it and I had to stop and pause and go like, how are you processing this, sir? Okay. Okay. So the point was that these major telecom companies have not taken out any insurance policies Mm. to cover their own ass if they hurt flora and fauna and human life. And he was saying, like, we should at least force them to take out insurance policies so that their asses are covered if they hurt us. Interesting. I guess so maybe they'd have to pay out if we did, like, a class action or something. So that insurance companies can get some of this filthy lucre? Right? I was just like, well, okay, A... That seems to speak to them not being that worried about this hurting their bottom line because they're not worried about hurting Mm. us, Mm. A, and B, even if they did it, it would be for them. (laughs) 
come for us. And they would probably just raise the rates on us anyway. Yes. Yeah. Try to fold in that cost. I don't know. He made like a big. He, he talks about that for a couple of minutes, and I was like, "What are? In- what do you think you're saying?" Interesting, huh? Anyway, yeah. He said not one of them are insured. Shouldn't somebody who's deploying a blatant license to cover the earth have to first prove they're insured against harmful exposure? Huh. Okay. What? No. Yeah. Right? And, and what is the harmful exposure? You have well, to demonstrate sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. First too. And and yeah, this implies that they don't think there's any. I don't know what he thought he was saying. And it would be absolutely used against them if they had such an insurance policy. If they were insured against hurting us, this group would be saying, mm. look at this. They know they're going to hurt us. They even insured themselves against it. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Which brings up another point. Whenever one of these lawsuits do happen to go through and there's payouts to victims of, say, vaccines is another example, yeah. then that becomes precedent. People say, well, look, here's yeah. where the government admitted that they're doing harm. Yeah, that's nope. yeah, that's where it gets kind of dangerous just to let these things pass through for mm-hmm. one case because then it becomes precedent. Yeah. And people don't want to be caught up in legal battles forever and, and they And then yeah. it's it's not scientific support, but it's used still as support of harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, proof of harm. Mm-hmm. Where none necessarily exists. And where, by the way, if we all had good health care, we wouldn't even have to probably deal with that. And if we had good health care, maybe a lot of these issues wouldn't feel so pressing. Right. To people. So, yeah, yeah, good government is good policy. Mm -hmm. You know, like it can solve a lot of ills. Yeah. Uh, Elections matter. Yeah. Get ready to vote in 2022, please. (laughs) So uh, after this, there were a series of lawyers who had just kind of mini presentations. We'd heard our two major speakers, Julian and Daphna. A little bit from Kate, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also someone named Andrew. Sorry to let you through the the sieve, Andrew. But yeah, so there were several, several speakers here. He's another one of their major speakers, Andrew Campanelli. He's talked at some of their other meetings as well. Yeah, they definitely have a stable, but there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who uh, mm-hmm. who come through and give talks. Uh, Andrew Campanelli in particular, he had waged a lot of legal action and was letting us know about the Topanga area in particular. That there are 21 locations that they have their eyes on where they're trying to install cell towers and they're fighting against that. We should probably say what Topanga is. So yeah. we mentioned that's where the restaurant in of the Seventh Ray is, which would ordinarily host this meeting. It's an area that's right sort of above LA in LA County and these beautiful hills. Mm-hmm. And it has a sort of like hippie vibe now that seems to actually just go back to the presence of In of the Seventh Ray. Oh, interesting. That yeah. was maybe enough to bring that community. Yeah, because I was looking back through some old media archives we'll talk about in next episode. But back in like the 90s, 80s, when people were first being interviewed about In of the Seventh Ray and they were just sort of making their way into media stories, people kept saying, oh, everyone has this perception that we're a bunch of, a bunch of hippie kooks, but that's mm. just this one restaurant. Ah. But I I think it had enough pull that now kind of a community of hippie kooks. And I say this as a hippie kook. Interesting. That's funny. I was just reflecting on that recently. Uh, being from Santa Cruz, even though I was raised in sort of a mm-hmm. r- right wing enclave, I still feel yeah, like so weird. there's an element of the hippie vibe that you just can't uh-huh. can't help but be suffused with. I was we thinking, both love incense and it'll never go away. Well, I started hacky sacking again <laughs> recently, <laughs> which has been a long time sport of mine. It's like, yep, you can take the boy out of Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> but can't take the Santa Cruz out of the boy. I was going to say, I, I will at least, I got to give them credit. At least they're talking about how do we use legal mechanisms. Sure, you could characterize this as them clogging up the courts with additional mm-hmm. action and creating a lot of extra headache for the telecommunication companies and the FCC. Uh, fine, but at least they're not advocating for 
tearing down these towers or setting mm. fire to them, mm-hmm. which has been a real issue, especially in the UK. In There is a case in Australia. A Dutch company that had their 5G tower burnt down. Mm. So a lot of people are just actively committing arson and mm-hmm. destruction on hardware out of their frustration and lack Fear. of understanding, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so at least I'll say kudos to them for trying to go about it, I would say, the right way. Yeah. Getting together, assembling. And the woman who's the co-founder, she said, we all started this as just like, you know, four ladies talking in a kitchen, you know, mm. and now we're this movement that mm-hmm. fills up a hundred capacity Zoom room and then some. So, wow. yeah, we started this as two ladies on the floor of a you're a lady. Yeah. Yeah. On the floor of my <laughs> no, I was with you. My apartment yep. 10 years ago. Big thing. And look at us now. Now we're on a table. <laughs> now there's two of us. And I was going to say we have a <laughs> chessboard, but the chessboard's gone. <laughs> But yeah, that's a that's a good point. And a few of these people did make these important points, like we talked about talking about the FCC as benighted rather than villainous. Similarly, Kate would later make the point that it's okay to be mad when you think about these things. I'm not telling you not to feel anger, but try to rein that in when you're actually talking about them to someone who doesn't agree with you because it yeah. can be so off-putting that, you know, if you're trying to gain ground with them, just think about how you're coming off. And I think that's yeah, that was good a, advice. That was great advice and necessary, I think, for that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you get these different perspectives where not everybody agrees with the speaker. And I think that's mm-hmm. healthy that they all felt the comfort to say, oh, I just agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a very good thing to say. Mm-hmm. When you just sound angry and you're holding up a you know protest sign, uh, depending on what it says and how you're comporting yourself, people may just easily write you off. I think that was right. one of the points she was making. Yeah, just think about the context there. There's places and times for anger, but it can't be all the time. I'm reminded of one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg-isms. I'm against picketing, but I don't know how to express it. <laughs> right. So this uh, group of lawyers that came afterwards, they each had kind of particular talking points and the organizers would try to encourage them to keep it to just five or six minutes. You know, let's not get too carried away. Yeah. Uh, but a guy named Scott McCullough came up and mentioned that we have to protest this whole process. They're they're adding 80,000 towers a week. And uh, he, he was just kind of giving us more data to sort of fuel our uh, rage or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, there was Joseph. He was an FCC lawyer in telecommunications before and uh, took a long time for him to share his screen. So we talked about that for a while. (laughs) But uh, then he was talking about space debris and just how, you know, there's already so much crap up there floating around in orbit and something the size of a pea moving at 30,000 miles per hour can damage a space station or a satellite. Mm. Uh, So we shouldn't be adding more stuff when we're already worried about paint flecks floating in space. So that was his whole thing is just like, there's too much space junk. Let's not add more satellites. Just seems like something that like NASA would be very concerned about if it were a problem. Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, one of my fifth grade, maybe it was sixth grade presentations, I remember what school it was, but not the grade, uh, was on space junk. And I Mm. made a little poster for it. And I told everybody about the danger of space junk and all the things that were out there. And I kept it on my wall for years. So it's been a problem for a long time. Okay. If Ross presented on it in sixth grade or whatever, there was a lawyer from Australia who was saying, well, everyone tries to say it's just about, you know, like the electro side of the frequency, but it's really the magnetism that we need to worry about. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I had this highlighted in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Said like the reality is that you've got to look at the actual emissions these towers are radiating. They're telling us what the electric field is, but they're not telling us what the magnetic field is. Yeah. He wasn't saying anything that made any sense. Yeah. I really didn't 
follow what he was. He'd gotten this bug in his head and he thought he was saying something. Okay. But yeah, he was like, no, we're talking about you know electromagnetism, but everyone's forgetting the magnetism and the danger that can do. That's the really harmful part. And I don't even know where that's coming from. As far okay. as I can tell, that's just him. Oh, that's always so frustrating when it's like, I, I don't even, I want to help you, but I don't know what you're. Yeah. Nobody jumped up to say like, you don't know what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. I think he was out of everyone's depth. Okay. So also some people started to ask questions yes. around here. And someone asked a really good question and got a really good answer. Said, can you explain how satellites are able to send 5G signals down to Earth if these millimeter waves are so small? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those moments where you're like, ah, the answer to this will tell me how much the answerer understands the situation. Mm-hmm. And she got a very clear answer. Well, you know, it has to do with what's in the way. What's What interference is between the Earth and that thing? So they said if you can send the same signal in Manhattan and it only mm-hmm. travels 600 feet, and if you do it from space, you might get like seven plus miles. And I felt like, okay, okay. You know, clear question, clear answer. I was expecting gobbledygook uh, in that moment. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point because occasionally they did have their facts, right? And mm-hmm. seems like they spoke easier when they did. Uh, mm-hmm. when, here's mm-hmm. here's another way of saying that. Whenever the facts agreed with them, they were A-OK recounting said facts. Oh, I see, I see. And not overcomplicating it. Yeah. So, you know, if they were trotting out numbers of well-established figures related to these deals, the number of deployments, whatever, they would get all that right. But then when it came to the underlying science that they didn't understand, well, that's when it fell apart a little. Right. And gets more verbose and complicated and hard to understand. It's almost like perhaps it's communicating the feeling more than the content. Like, because anxiety is such a swirl. Mm -hmm. It's just like, but okay, there's also this, but there's also this, but maybe it's going to be bad. I feel like it's going to be bad. And here's the way it might be bad. And it's kind of like this. And I feel like they're kind of almost just telling us their anxiety. And I think that there's a bit of, Concern here for anybody who might be on the fence or doesn't understand this. uh, I think the overall impression of this meeting was, oh, yeah, there's a lot of really competent people in -hmm. their respective domains. They've got a lot of knowledge and they want us to get active. So let's give them money. Let's get involved. Let's help them with their agenda here. And I think it could be very hard as a layperson to separate Mm -hmm. the good information from the bad. Totally. I'm reminded of the Carl Sagan quote. We've arranged a society based on science and technology in which nobody understands anything about science technology. And this combustible mixture of ignorance and power, sooner or later, is going to blow up in our faces. I remember someone sending me that quote on Twitter just before Trump was elected and Mm. saying, like, I fear we're right here. There was a certain irony to this group struggling with Zoom. And yes, it was early Mm. days of us all being on Zoom. But, you know, struggling with this technology to at the same time rail against this technology that Mm -hmm. they clearly don't fully understand and Mm -hmm. sowing a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt about it. Yeah. Which seems like it's partly an artifact of specialization. Oh, right. Where our overall domain of knowledge is so large that you can't possibly hold all of it. You have to trust other people. Right. So you have your area, things that you know well. And yeah, Yeah. you have to trust experts in other areas. Yeah. And be able to recognize that expertise. Which is really tough when like... Is if an expert gets something wrong, suddenly you have to go, 
Okay, wait, I have to really quickly learn uh, this thing I've never known about and make sure I'm trusting the right group. Yeah. And Oh my God, that's so complex. And then your quick thinking, your gut gets involved uh-huh. and some things just sound intuitively right and some yeah. things don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you really just have to turn to the other experts in that thing and go like, I don't know, what do you think? And, it, and that's, yeah. for me, this is what this really boils down to is like, I look at the other experts in this kind of thing and go like, this is okay. Oh, yeah. All right. And that's that's a form of humility, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to say, OK, I doesn't sound right to me, but right. I guess I have to take your word for it. Right. Right. Uh, so that was the first call, which Ross missed. Yeah, which I missed. So I only got to hear it after the fact. Not nearly as fun as uh, watching them uh, right. struggle over Zoom. And texting with Matthew about how much he hates the entire <laughs> experience. But uh, next time we'll be able to tell you about meeting some of these people in person. Yeah. Will they wear masks? Will... Your guess is as good as ours. No, it's not. We were there. Will we be indoors? Will we be outdoors? Oh, no. Will there be more potent sources of radiation than <laughs> the ones they're talking about floating all around us? Will every single person clearly have a cell phone that they're using? <laughs> we'll see. Will Ross still get side-eye for using his cell phone? We'll see. <laughs> Only will time Gary will ask tell. ask a question that makes everybody turn and look at her and size her up? We'll see. <laughs> All right. We can use rhetorical questions too with very obvious answers. (laughs) All right. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you again in our 5G conspiracy series, part two. And until then, 5G's bad. Bye. Bye. By the way, this episode was edited by Ross Blotter. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. And you can support us at MaximumFun.org. That's where you can join, become part of the family. You can also leave us positive reviews and tell a friend about this show. And you can also buy merch at MaximumFun.org. I don't know. Click on the shop link. Do it. And remember. Uh, I'll, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. The coronavirus is not caused by 5G, 4G, or any other sources of electromagnetic radiation. It is a novel strain of the coronavirus. There is, however, ample evidence that radiofrequency microwave radiation from cell towers, cell phones, Wi-Fi, and so forth can adversely impact overall health and immunity. Does the exponential increase in radiation, specifically from the 5G build-out act as a trigger for this virus by weakening the immune system of the host? Does this quantum increase in wireless radiation cause the virus to replicate more rapidly? Shelter-in-place measures, urban density, air pollution, public transit, and other factors are likely to impact the spread or containment of COVID-19. But does 5G contribute above and beyond these factors? Does this quantum increase in wireless radiation cause the virus to replicate more rapidly? Is 5G the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back when added to many other environmental toxins we are inundated with due to policies that put profit before health and well-being? Some scientists who study the impacts of EMR on health believe there is a probable link but more feel there is not enough evidence to make this connection and that doing so will undermine the credibility of those of us calling for stronger regulations on EMFs. More research is clearly needed to see where the data takes us with regard to the impacts of 5G on COVID-19. As activists, we cannot afford to make statements that aren't 1,000% substantiated. Thank you.
Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.